Welcome to the Fearless and Successful Podcast, brought to you by Coach D. That is me, and it is designed for changemakers just like you. I am an international success and business coach, and I love, love, love supporting you on your journey to ultimate health, happiness, and freedom. I obsess on all things mindset mastery and business strategy that allow you to design the life on your own terms. This podcast will be led through my three P's, productivity, purpose, and profit, and I will do my best to bring you the industry leaders on these topics, and I am also going to provide you with solo episodes where I'm going to talk about these three P's. If you are ready to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world, let's get this party started. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're tuning in to another Fearless and Successful podcast. Uh, This is going to be juicy, authentic, real, honest conversation with my girl, Leah Forney, all the way from... Maryland. I'm all the way in the U.S., D. (laughs) So, so good. Welcome. So good to have you today. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And before we kick off with your story and how you become who you are today, I'm just going to give a quick intro. So Leah is a seven times published author, whoop whoop, writing coach and mental health clinician that uses her life experiences to inspire others to live out loud and be unapologetically you. Leah, Leah, I want to know, how did you become not just author, but also writing coach. And uh, what inspired you? What was your breakthrough moment? I want to coach people to, you know, be authentically themselves. Yeah. So I think for me, it started at um, at a young age. I got into writing because I grew up without my parents. Both my mother and father had struggled with addiction my entire life. And I was raised with my grandmother. And so I would just write like I just to release what it was that I was feeling I don't think I ever even envisioned being an author I think I was just on this path of like I know I have these emotions I know I'm feeling all these this pain because my mom and dad are not in my life how do I release it and so it was actually a conversation with my grandmother not too long ago who reminded me about like when I was like six or seven how I would just sit down and write letters to God and and Santa and all these just to get it out and so fast forward probably about 2016 was probably the first time that I was like hmm I think I could write a book and so that was the beginning journey I published my very first book which was unapologetically me in 2017 um, which literally tells the story of my relationship with my mom and that back and forth battle that I had internally about loving my parents because she's my mom, but then also having this like hatred because of the lifestyle she was choosing to live. And so that was the beginning of my writing journey. And so I've gone on to publish seven other books since then. How I got into coaching, I think I avoided it, D, for a long time. And it was funny because so many people, especially women, would come to me and say, I wanna write a book too, but I don't know how to get started or I don't know what to do. And so I think I was avoiding it for a long time because I was kind of like, I don't know if I got the abilities or the capabilities to actually coach somebody. Um, But what happened was 
I was getting so many people asking me about it that I finally was just like, okay, if they're coming to me, they obviously see me as an expert. They obviously is like, okay, she's done this seven times. She can teach me something. And so that was literally, I was like, okay, let me stop avoiding coaching and just jump into the coaching realm. And so that's kind of how I started off as a writing coach. Wow, such a great, you know, revelation. I am here because people need me, right? And yes. I will stop avoiding this because this is my my calling. This is my mission. This is my purpose. So good. Um, do you mind explaining? I want this because I think that there might be women in our, you know, audience listening to this and feeling like I had really weird experience or childhood moment with my parents too um do you want to speak a little bit about that how did you overcome whatever you know you had the relationship or believe with your parents and how that made you who you are today yeah absolutely so I struggled for a long time um a long time I grew up again feeling like I wasn't wanted feeling like I wasn't enough questioning like what did I do to make my parents not want to raise me um, and so as a young kid, I, I, with my emotions, I battled with anger a lot. And I remember my grandmother telling me like, she was so fearful of me because she would say either this anger is going to control you or you're going to take control of it. And she was like, her biggest fear was either I was going to explode and end up in jail or hurt somebody because I was so angry. Um, so I think the first thing I had to do was acknowledge what I was feeling. I had to acknowledge that I was hurt. I was feeling abandoned. I was feeling unwanted. I was feeling like I wasn't good enough for my parents to raise me. Um, the second thing I relied so heavily on my spiritual relationship with God. So prayer and meditation became like a daily and it's still a daily thing for me. It's just that when I'm in those spaces to just kind of get it out and, and pour it out. I'm a huge fan of journaling, huge fan of journaling. I think I have, I think I have more journals. <laughs> it is not funny. I think I have more journals than I have like books that I actually read. Like it's horrible. And every time I go to the store, I'm like, oh, that's a cute journal. And it's like, Leah, you don't need no more journals. <laughs> but like, I'm a huge fan of journaling. And then the last thing I did was definitely therapy. Um, as a mental health clinician, someone who is, is a therapist, I also truly believe that every therapist should have one. Um, so I relied heavily on those things. And then definitely my social support, my support network, my grandparents, my aunt, you know, just being able to get it out. Because I think the reason why so many of us stay stuck in our pain is because we don't know that we are, we have the permission to get it out. Like it doesn't have to like, be your identity. And I think for a long time, I felt like that my parents and who they were was my identity. And it was learning that that's, that is them and I am me. And that does not have, yes, that's a part of my story, but that's not my identity. Wow. I just want to recap what you said, because this is so powerful and such a good, you know, framework to to get out of the pain and we're we will talk about that because the whole conversation will be like how do we get unstuck and out of that pain and really tuning out into our purpose but you said acknowledging where i am and what do i feel what is the real reality here right acknowledging that you know i was abandoned i you know that's just 
a part of it. It's a fact, but then also going through that emotions through spiritual practice, uh, relying on God, uh, having those conversations with, with God or, you know, your, your high spirit or whoever you believe in you guys who are listening to this journaling. So good. So good. (laughs) I love that you said, like, I have so many journals. I am a, I became a huge fan of journaling in 2020 and wow, wow, wow. So good. Um, and support. I think that's a key step that you, you know, that you're not alone out there, that you have people that can help you, um, that you have people that you can trust. Um, so that's huge. Um, and to know that you don't have to be in the pain alone. Um, that was that was so so good so tell me today when you coach um women or people with with mental health issues um what is their biggest struggle i can think of you know even when it comes to relationships that that can be like people are in toxic relationship or they're just stuck in general you know feeling unworthy or feeling feeling unseen or heard um so what is the biggest struggle of your clients and work that you do today yeah, so I think um, today more than ever, I have a lot of clients that battle with depression and anxiety. I think that those two have been heightened because of the pandemic and all that happened in 2020. Um, I, I always say that to me, like um, 2020 was the year of two pandemics because we had COVID and then we had all this senseless unarmed killing of, of African-Americans. And so majority of my clients are African-American and that has been like the anxiety that they're experiencing. It's like one, the whole world itself has shifted, right? Because now we have this virus and we have all these changes, you know, parents went from going to work every day to now they're home or furloughed kids going to school every day and now they're doing it virtually you know everybody's having to shift and pivot so depression anxiety has been huge um and i've seen it a lot over the last year um, of really just trying to figure out how to navigate this new normal because it is a new normal um and a lot of the depression anxiety was already present because they have trauma, right? A lot of my clients have childhood issues and experiences that still impact them as adults today because I work mainly with adults. Um, So it's the trauma on top of this heightened depression and anxiety. And so what I have found myself is doing exactly the same things I mentioned, like acknowledging for them, like, wow, this must be difficult. Like this, I can't even imagine, you know, being a single mom or a single father and having to raise these kids and having to, you know, do it virtually and all like just helping them to to normalize their feelings has been helpful for them, but then also diving into those coping strategies. So what does it look like for you? Because I tell people there's no cookie cutter coping mechanism, right? It looks different for everybody. Like, again, I love to journal, but then I also love music. So sometimes I just might need to blast one of my favorite songs to get me through whatever it is that I'm experiencing. So really helping them to one, normalize their emotions and their feelings, but then also let's dive into that coping. What does it look like for you? And then helping them to see that maybe some of the ways that they, they're coping might not be healthy because I have clients that may engage in like using of marijuana or drinking excessively. And so having them to see, while I can understand what you're trying to do, that's unhealthy, right? We don't, we don't, because if you're 
under the influence, how are you really able to take care of your, your son, your daughter, right? How can you really be present? So then helping them to see what are some healthy coping mechanisms that they can do. Um, and then I always encourage journaling. I always encourage them to find new ways to get it out. So I, one of the ways I tend to deal with my emotions is I go to kickboxing. Like it's nothing like one hour of punching that bag that releases the stress. Like I leave and I'm like, Ooh, I feel like 10 pounds lighter. So then just teaching them that. And then the last thing I do is let's identify who are your supports. Cause I think that a lot of times my clients think that they're not, they don't have a support system and it's okay. So who in your, in your circle can you rely on? Is it your mom? Is it your grandmother? Is it your best friend? Is it the pastor at your church? Like who would you, and then come up with a plan of when I'm feeling depressed or when my anxiety is at an all-time high, these are some of the things that I can do. I can tap into my coping skills, whether it's walking, listening to music, exercising, journaling, or I can tap into my social supports because now I've identified who these people are. Yeah, that's so on point. Like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm journaling. I'm writing now. Like this is so good. Um, and I love that you said like you really to normalize the feelings. Um, to not, I think that a lot of people are just in this particular situation that we or not situation. The whole everything that happened in 2020 um, was not just acknowledging. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. I feel um, terrified, I have anxiety, I'm depressed, but also to, to kind of get them to a point where, oh, it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel this way. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they feel that, oh, if I feel like this, then I am not worthy enough, then uh, something is wrong with me, then, yeah. you know, but really, you know, let's talk to these people who now feel different because of their feelings. What would your message be? Like, I'm afraid of whatever is happening with, with virus or black Mm -hmm. lives matter or whatever, or now with Asian hate as well. Like we have so many stuff going on uh, out there and some people can feel I'm different. I feel different. Let's speak to them. What what would your message be? Yeah, the first thing I would say is that you're not alone. Absolutely not alone. Um, Even as a clinician, like I have my own battle with anxiety because I, I, I watch what's happening. You know, if I'm not tuning into the news, social media itself can be triggering sometimes, right? Because people are posting and reposting Um, some of these videos and things that we are seeing of killings and all this stuff. So I I would say one, you're not alone. But the other thing I would say is come up with a plan to safeguard against the trigger, right? For me, I will tell you no lie, I probably don't watch the news anymore since 2020. Like I might turn it on, check the weather and go about my day, but like literally to sit down and watch CNN and watch, no, I don't even do it because it just heightens my anxiety of like, oh my God, look at this world that we're in. Like I, I know people that were paying the attention to like the numbers with the coronavirus and how many people, and I couldn't even do it because I'm like, no. So it's realizing that, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm not alone, right? 
It doesn't make me different or weird. And, and I'll say this, just because you're battling with anxiety doesn't mean that you have a diagnosable mental illness, right? Everybody has some level of anxiety, right? This is why we call it acute versus chronic, right? So some of us, if not all of us, have some level of acute uh, anxiety, which is just, you know, everyday stressors make me anxious. Where it becomes diagnosable is when that everyday stressor is now overtaking your life, where you are just like, I can't go to work, I can't go to school, I step out the door and I'm panicking. Like when we're in that space, then it's like, okay, now we need to look into this and see what's really going on. So when you're experiencing any type of stressor or anxiety, one, know that you're not alone, but two, create a plan. What can I do? What can I put in place to safeguard against the triggers? And sometimes that safeguarding is identifying your triggers because a lot of people don't even know what sets them off or what gets them anxious or what triggers the, the depressive state. So really doing the work to figure out what it is that's setting me off. And then how do I create a plan that when it comes, because the thing about triggers is it's unavoidable you're going to, you know, be triggered, right? It, and it could be the simplest trigger. Like you could have smelt something and it all of a sudden invokes in a memory and emotions. And now you're in this space. So how do I create a safety plan or safeguard against it so that I have the necessary support and coping mechanisms in place so when I'm feeling that way, I can now get myself out of that space? Yeah, I, I think like for me is always building that resiliency because we, we know we're like, it will come, it will come. Yeah. We, we know that some shit will come, will arise like at some point, but really building that muscle and, and being, I think also present with your emotions. I think Absolutely. for a lot of time, like I speak with women that they're like, oh, it's fine. And just like, let's let mm -hmm. just, you know, mm -hmm it's okay let's just move forward because I have kids to feed I have like yeah. this thing to do I have my own business to run where is me where are my feelings we don't yeah. acknowledge them so it's so important to work with them um, and this is so beautiful what you do I want to ask you what is that because you 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 say you help people like not how but really guide and be that a catalyst for people to live out loud what does that mean yeah, I think living out loud is just being you and, and being you unapologetically with you knowing what your truth is, standing in your truth, right? Because here's one of the things I tell all my clients, both on mental health and as a writing coach, is that nobody can uh, discredit your experiences, right? This is These are your experiences. You experienced it. You went through it. I hear it all the time from inspiring authors like, oh, I want to tell this story about my life and the pain that I've experienced, but I don't want to hurt nobody. And I always say, but it's your experience. Can Nobody can tell you that you did not feel what you felt when you went through it because they weren't there. So living out loud for me is I, this is what my life story has been, right? This is who I've become because of it. I'm going to be unapologetic about who I am. I'm going to be transparent because the thing that I have learned, and I, it wasn't always like this for me, D. There were times that I lived in a shell. But what I've learned about being transparent is that when I am willing to be open, when I am willing to heal and, and heal from out loud, then I give others permission to do the same thing. 
And so when I'm willing to say, yeah, I, I've been sexually assaulted. Yeah, my parents are drug addicts. Yeah. When I'm willing to say that, then one, I no longer give that, whatever your that is, power and control over you because it, it it's like, okay, it happened and, right? But then also I give everybody around me the permission to do the same thing where they can now say, well, you know what? If Leah or Dee is doing that, then I can do the same thing too. I can understand that my identity and who I am is not wrapped up in what I've experienced. That's a part of my story, but that's not me. That's not the whole story. Ah, oh, this is so powerful. Um, what, what, like, what came to my mind was that shame, like that people are experiencing because they went yeah. through because because of their story. Me being. Um, an immigrant daughter I know that I I needed to heal that um my experience growing up as 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 you know this poor kid that <laughs> my mom was suing our clothes and I was different and I was misfit I was rebel I was um someone there who was always picked up by other kids but yeah. it was just experience and, and even if my mom uh, you know wanted me to to live better life it was just an experience that made me who I am today and I don't need to be ashamed of that and I think that a lot of people might feel might feel ashamed because of their story but your I, I think that maybe you won't agree or maybe you agree your past does not define your future Absolutely. right Absolutely. so it we really can change does. we can change by acknowledging and give and let's give people permission to change, to be the change. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. I don't think that your past defines you. I don't think it defines your future. Again, statistically, I tell people all the time, statistically, when I was born, I was actually born in the 80s during the height of the crack epidemic in New York City, where I was literally, doctor said, I would not make it past the age of five. And if I did, I would have all these deficits. Well, that's not the case, right? I hold two degrees, I'm a counselor. Like, so I always, one thing I tell people about your story is you have the right to control your narrative. You have the right. That's the beautiful thing to me about writing books and writing it from personal experience is that I get to decide which part of my story deserves to be in the book? Because I hear it all the time from inspiring authors. These they will sit here and say, oh, I want to talk about my pain. And they feel like they have to put their whole entire life story in a book. And I tell clients all the time, I've written seven and my whole entire life story is not in a book, right? Like I get to control the narrative. I get to pick and choose what experiences I want to place in the book. The other thing I always challenge clients is make sure that you make peace with your story. Because there's nothing worse than trying to tell a story and you're sitting there having an emotional breakdown, boo-hoo crying. Do the work, right? And whatever that looks like, if it's spiritually, if it's going to therapy, only you know what your work looks like. But do the work so that when you do have an opportunity to tell your story, whether it's in book form or speaking, that you literally can stand in boldness and with courage and with confidence and say, been there, done that, wrote the book about it, and here's who I am today. Oh, 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 this was so juicy. Like, this was so juicy. So, so good. I, I just love this because I, I remember my 
my moment <laughs> when I shared one of my stories and I, I was sobbing <laughs> on <Yeah>. live stream. <laughs> Just own it, girl. And I didn't, I didn't know that I will get triggered by my own emotions. And I was so upset. Why? Like so many years after, like you're still like such a crying baby about it, you know? Yeah. And then I knew that, then I also knew that more I practice, more I share the story, easier it will get. And mm-hmm. more people I will take on the journey, you know, you know just to, to give them permission. Nothing is wrong with you. Um, so this was good. Make a peace with your story. Yeah, this is so good. Um, stand in your boldness and courage. So, so good. And you're such a fierce and powerful. Like, you know, um, and I think it, it, we can agree that all of our adverted adversities, challenges, like everything we break down and we went through, uh, in our life really makes us who we are and gives us that permission to be that catalyst for a change for other people and your testimony of that thank you thank yeah. you so good it was so good to have this short conversation but really like get to know you and then your work and 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 feeling the passion behind your work so that was really really cool um i have a question that i always love to ask like all my my guests and definitely you you are someone who probably went through some bold moments in her life um what was that like fierce moment you know that when you look back and you will say like you know d i was shit scared sorry for my language but I did it and I'm glad that I did it yeah you know what I I probably will say the most recent uh situation so I got invited to uh Connecticut a few weeks ago to speak at my very first conference um and I kid you no lie like preparing to go to this conference I knew it was a writer's conference and I was scared like I was like I don't it was one of those like one, why are they calling on to me? But then two, it was like, I don't really think I'm the expert. So it was like that moment of imposter syndrome where you're just like, hmm, am I really the expert? Like, why are they relying on me? What is it? Like, so I went through this whole thing and I knew that at this conference, there were going to be some women who were going to speak that were literally on a different level, like financially, just every, like they were where I wanted to be. So I was even feeling the, the more of the pressure, and but I did it. And I tell people my, my go-to model is do it afraid. Like, is the fear going to come? Yes. I tell people, people don't believe me when I say it, D. Like, I have written seven books, and every time I get ready to press publish, I'm terrified. People will never believe it. They will be like, no, you're not because, you know, you you just talk about it like it's no problem. And I'm like, yeah, but you know who sees those moments? My tribe, because I'm on the phone with them like, oh my God, I'm really about to release this book. And they're like, just do it already. It's okay. <laughs> so, but that was the moment. And the re- how I knew it was just that moment that was going to change things for me forever was that some of those women, those where I wanted to be women were in my room, in my classroom. And they literally, and we're talking about women that make six figures, literally said to me, you got it. You need to teach this. You need to create a program behind this. Like, this is what you're, this is what you do. And I was terrified, literally right before I had to to like get up there and teach. I literally went in the bathroom. I prayed. I was like, Lord, just take away this anxiety because I am terrified. But it was something like 
when you know this is what you're called to do and you just stand in that and you're like, this is, you're the expert. Like there's a reason why you were asked to come here and really own that. It removes all the anxiety. It removes all the doubt. And literally to this day, like people are still talking about this class and they're still, and because of it, like my coaching calendar is getting filled because people have been reaching out. Like I need to know how to attract the right audience. And so that was the moment for me. My goodness, thank you so much for sharing this because this is what we, this is what we strive for. Like, and you said, do it afraid. Yeah, yeah. will fear be present? <laughs> you bet it will because fear gives you the sign that there is a growth on its way. Um, and and I just love you for that because you 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 give other women permission to step into that next level but taking bold action because and nothing is guaranteed you know nothing is promised but you know going through that journey i'm gonna show up no matter what no expectations i'm just gonna be there and the outcome is always better than we imagine absolutely absolutely and you mentioned your program. I want to know now about your program. Well, what is the program about? Yes, 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 yes. So I'm kicking off my, it's a, a five-week training called Master Your Message. And the reason why I came up with this training was because I have worked with so many aspiring authors. And when I ask them two things, what is your message and who you are trying to reach, they get stuck. It's either too broad or not specific enough. And so Master Your Message is literally a five-week training where I'm literally going to teach you how I do it, how to solidify your message, how to identify your avatar so that you are attracting the right audience. Because I truly believe that when you attract the right audience, it leads to the bank account. But you got to know exactly who you're targeting in order for you to create the products and services to reach them. So that is kicking off like May 19th. And I'm excited about that. So good. And we're going to put this all the info um, in our show notes so people can check this out. Um, is there any other platform that you like you thrive on and you would love people to connect with you there? Um, you know, we're going to link the, the website and everything, but one, 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 one social media platform where you will say like, yeah, yeah you can reach out to Leah here. <laughs> Yeah, Facebook. I am I get like so much so much content, everything on my Facebook. I'm always posting on my Facebook. So definitely I'm on Facebook at Leah M. Porny. So yeah, check me out on Facebook. I would love, love, love to connect with you, especially if you're aspiring to write a book. Like, let's do it. This is your year. Like, let's get it done. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, we, we probably have some aspiring authors uh, in our audience. <clears throat> my book is still on my shelf it's not being published but yeah yeah this I wanted to say like really um what you said about hitting that publish button I do not kid you at this point I did more than 600 live streams on various platforms every single time when I push <laughs> go live I feel like I just want yeah. to vomit yeah is that feeling that never goes away it's not easy like you know um it's always that how will i how do i feel how will people perceive me like what, yeah. what you know what what will people think it's always that um 
but you you build that muscle of every time it's not easier but it's more of a yeah i don't give a crap and i feel very good about when i do it like it's yeah. just like you know you feel so good afterwards so so that's really cool yeah. I'll, i'll tell you something that somebody told me and i was like oh this is so good they said anxiety if you don't experience anxiety that means you're doing it on your own because when you're feeling the anxiety that means you're relying on your on god or or something higher than you to get you through the moment and when they said that i was like oh that is so good like that is a great way to look at when i'm feeling anxious what it really means is that i'm relying on something bigger than me to get me through this moment because if i'm not and i and that's probably why i continue to write books because i get anxiety every time so Look at it that way. You're having to rely on something bigger than you to get you through. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it hold it's just accountability, I think, you because you yeah. care, right? Yeah. Um it's not like, you know, you 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 care about people that you serve. So, of course you will feel this a little bit of an anxiety. So that's just a sign that we need to follow through. Oh, this was so good. Was there anything that you wanted to share and I didn't ask you? Um, um, I would just, you know what, I would just encourage every listener to do your work. Like there is another side to pain. You can turn pain into purpose and you'll be surprised what you learn about yourself, honestly, as you begin to do the work and then find your tribe of people. because there is a, a group of people that need what you are offering. And so do your work, heal, and then you show up living out loud and unapologetically yourself. Oh, so good. I love your message and I really enjoyed this. And people who want to master the message, we're going to put all the links in the show notes so they can connect with you and start writing their book. Um, this was a delight. Thank you so much, Leah, for showing up. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fearless Soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know your time is the most valuable asset, so I don't take this lightly. As a sign of appreciation, I would love to give you free access to my 21-day Mindset Mastery and Business Strategy program. All you need to do is take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in EG Stories. Until next time, dreamer. Mwah.